All right, y'all. All right. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of your favorite WMMA podcast. Hashtag CB99 Talks, of course. This is Combo Breaking 99. Back with another one, guys. It's been a crazy, crazy past couple of weeks in the world of WMMA. You know, I know we got a lot of stuff to talk about, but I might have to do a two-parter on this episode as far as, you know, trying to stay up to date or keep y'all up to date. But, um, yeah, this episode here, man, there was just a lot going on this past weekend. Last week, you know, a lot of a lot of fights, you know, got the contender series. You know, you had the UFC 292 card, uh, PFL, a lot of stuff going on. And, you know, just a lot of fights being made that I can't even discuss in this episode yet because it's too many. Because I'm trying not to be on this one too long because um, I want to, like I said, split this up and maybe jump back on a little bit later on um maybe later because if i drop this episode i'm going to drop it if i do two i'm gonna have to drop this one earlier today on friday time of this recording and then maybe come back on uh later on friday or drop another one on uh saturday you know after the fight card because just a heads up uh ufc singapore this fight card is going to be 5 a.m. Eastern time. So I know that's early for most people. That's early for me, but I know that's going to be early for some of y'all as well. That's that's really off schedule. So 5 a.m. is what time the, the car coming up this weekend starts. You know, Holloway versus Korean Zombie. But uh, we'll talk about that later, y'all. Um, right now, like I said, just a few things I want to go back, you know, definitely discuss UFC 292 again, you know, the, the three big fights this past weekend and, you know, a couple of other things. Uh, like I said, you know, really this whole weekend, you know, I've just been watching fights and, you know, covering WMMA and, you know, checking out the boxing world. Not a lot of not a lot going on in the boxing world since the Spence Crawford fight. You know, again, we have a lot of talk, you know, Wilder, Joshua, trying to see what's going on there. But I think WMMA has been keeping me busy over the past half a year. <laughs> you know, it seems like to me it really has. And I think. The same could be said for some female boxers that are making their way to uh, the world of MMA as well. You know, um, y'all know Amanda Serrano just signed to PFL. Clarissa Shields, she's uh, re-signed to PFL. Now you got Savannah Marshall, who doesn't even seem like she didn't even ever ever seem like she was the type to step into a cage, just jumping over to the world of MMA. So MMA has been kind of spoiling us a little bit more than the boxing world, man. But uh, yeah, this episode here. I want to talk about the PFL card from last Friday, a couple of the fights. You know, I want to jump on that. And then, of course, there was PFL card just a couple of days ago. But then I really want to jump in and talk about uh, the winners from UFC 292. And uh, we'll see if we have time to cover the uh, main event for us WMA fans this weekend, Tyler Santos, Aaron Blanchard. If not, I'll just drop a separate episode or live stream for that. And y'all can, you know, we can, y'all can chime in there. All right. But, um, well, first off, I want to talk about this. This is a silver type of episode. All the silver girls. This ain't good news for this silver, though. I mean, I want to discuss my girls, Natalia Silva and Kareem Silva. But let's talk about Myra Buena Silva. All right. Some people asked me about this when they went to my thoughts on Myra Buena Silva and her situation where she popped. Uh, in her fight leading up to Holly Holm. Well, according to her, she tested positive for, uh, was it like 
ritalin ritalinic acid uh which comes from like concerta which she takes for adhd you know she tested positive for that and i believe her her statement was that she usually takes it up until a fight of a Monday or something like that, but she had taken it on the Monday because she needed it, you know, to help her stop from like being so antsy and moving a lot. And it winds up showing up like, you know, this percentage in her test, you know? So yeah, that, that was her explanation, but you know, people ain't having that. Anytime you pop, you pop, right? Which I'll give you my thoughts on here in a minute, but let me read through this here. All right. So she said, my witness said, I have ADHD and I've been taking medication for a long time. I drink Concerta, the same as Ritalin. I always take this medication and I stopped taking it to the Monday of fight week, but this time was different. I took the medication until Monday, but I don't know what happened. My body didn't metabolize this medication this time. I proved that I didn't drink in competition. I proved that this because in my test, it's 0.00000, a bunch of zeros, seven. And I proved that I didn't drink nothing. I'm just kind of, the way it's written is, you know, in her translation, kind of broken English. So I'm just trying to uh, interpret it or, you know, clean up the words. All right. So see, but I don't know what happened. I know the commission rule is 0.0007. I know, but I think it's a big mistake with me because I didn't drink. I didn't drink anything. I took this medication because my mind is very hyperactive. If I don't take this medication, I won't hear. I won't stop moving. It's not good for training or fighting. It's nothing that doesn't improve my performance. I don't think they need to change this thing because it's very important for the people that have ADHD. I think this thing needs to change. Wait, I don't think they, I think they need to change this thing. I think this thing needs to change. Okay. If I'm an example for this, okay, no problem, but I need this changed. If you have any problem with mental health, just please look for help because it's a very, very hard thing. If this thing needs to change, I am the model. That's okay. No problem. All right. So according to her, it all leads back to her ADHD. Um, she said she's always cycled it or, you know, stopped drinking it before, uh, the, the fight week, but she needed it this time. And yeah. Uh, my thoughts on it. Like I said, a lot of people are going in on her. Um, I don't know the situation for sure. I mean, sounds like she has some issues. I mean, I never heard this before. Like she's never really came out before and said, Hey, I have ADHD, you know, um, you know, most fighters are personal, too. You know, she's pretty much out as far as, you know, what she is, too, you know, as a girlfriend and everything. I, I kind of think that some people would be a little bit more open about what they're going through as far as even like some disabilities just to make it known in case a situation like this comes up. You know what I mean? So I'm not saying you have to put out, you put your private business out there, but it seems like this is something we would have known about her a long time ago, you know, um, Again, I don't think there's really anything she can benefit from this substance being found in her system. It's nothing that, that she can really use to her advantage. It's nothing like she was taking like an anabolic steroid or anything to like build up her cardio or build up her power. I mean, or even like her weight, you know, it wasn't even like some water weight pills or anything like that to control weight. Uh, it just seems like she was, yeah, just kind of overboard with her uh, medication, you know, so that that's my my sin but anytime you come up with something dirty in your system i think there should be some type of uh discipline act disciplinary action for it you know um i think two or three year ban would be harsh but you know anything like six to seven or eight months yeah or 
rule that fight a no contest because that's the rules. If you have something in your system, that's why it is considered an illegal substance or you pop because there could be some type of advantage to it. We just don't know, right? It's just not a proven thing because it's more so for her medication in this situation. I think maybe the fight should just be ruled a no contest, right? And just so everybody's happy on this one. Um, and it pretty much is fair. But yeah, I think there should be some type of suspension. Like I said, nothing like two years, maybe just a regular turnaround, seven, eight months and then rule the no contest. I don't even think she should be fined at this point for, for it. You know, if it really is something for her uh, mental health. Um, yeah, but I know some people feel like hey, they didn't even throw the book at her. She a cheat. She Tara. Everybody going on record now to just call her out. Man, I mean, Juliana Pena's been going in. She's the one that, you know, she she's the one that dubbed her this new nickname, Cheat Tara. And she is going in, you know. She's just been talking all kinds of trash, talking about she's a dirty fighter. She's no good, crooked, all of this now. So, Chitara, I mean, Shatara has answered back and said she's going to rip her head off. And I know people are hearing that say, oh, is that the steroids talking? So, it's just a crazy buildup now, man. It's a crazy buildup if this fight ever happens. So, Pena's doing her job once again, you know, to answer the call when it when it's time to be seen and to build up a storyline against any of these fighters. So hopefully she won't get like a two year, three year suspension or something like that. Maybe she'll come back in 2024, like in the summer and then they can make this fight happen. But until then, like I said, it should be some type of disciplinary action and Pena and Rocky Pennington should be fighting for the belt. That's how I see it. Cause in my opinion, I didn't really see any like improvements in it. I mean, the girl's always been like a submission specialist. I mean, I didn't see her, going in there like you know off the radars like juice to the gills she wasn't huge or anything like that you know um didn't do serious damage to holly i mean she has been improving on her striking to that level so i didn't really see anything crazy like that and with the numbers right there it pretty much proves that it, it really wasn't that serious you know um i know it's been pushed back like her extension's been pushed back like the hearing was supposed to be on thursday but i believe it's been pushed a little bit further back so We'll see what happens from here, y'all. But like I said, to me, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't think it's like that serious of a situation, but there should be some type of action that should take place for it just because it wasn't any legal substance. All right. So, yeah, let me know what y'all think, though, in the comment section. Um, yeah, she's been getting it up, though, boy. They've been they've been going in on her. So I, I'm not going to be one to add to that. I mean, she already knows what she's done and only she knows. Right. So, yeah. Uh, Let's jump back here to some PFL 8, though, man. Um, just want to talk about a couple of these fights. And this will be real quick, about as quick as the knockouts and submissions were. But PFL 8, man, you know, they they, they do put on some interesting fights. Um, the flyweight division and the featherweight division, uh, I believe for the most part, they are entertaining as far as this side of, like, Invicta FC. And if anything, they do have more finishes than Invicta FC as of late. I still love Invicta FC, don't get me wrong. I just think that when you have featherweights, for the most part, you're, you're going to get finishes. You know, that's what the UFC needs to learn, too. Like, hey, we need to sign more featherweights because these girls be bringing action. And that's what people want for the most part, right? Um, PFL 8 had three fights. There was a flyweight fight between Mara Mazzara and Caitlin Neal, you know, from the Tough House. That fight wasn't really worth, like, going into. I mean, Mazzara got a split decision over Caitlin Neal. Kayla Neal, I, I don't know, man. Like, I see the potential there. You know, she's strong. 
Um, she has good form sometimes when she's letting go, but she's taking pictures in there too much, man. Like there was just too many close moments between her and Mazar where Mazar is like clinching up and, you know, hitting her with these big shots or, you know, they're, they're like just posing for, for the most part. It wasn't really like an exciting fight. It didn't really keep my, my interest the whole time. You know, I watched it, but I can't really remember a lot about it except that it was a close fight. And Caitlin Neal should have did a little bit more to get the victory. I thought they were going to give it to her. But, you know, Mazzara, I guess that clinch control time and, you know, a few of those shots that she landed earned her the victory. But um, as far as what they're bringing to the table, uh, you know, Mazzara definitely will have to step it up, though. You know, when you start getting in there with girls like Taylor Malden and, of course, Dakota DeChiva, you know, that, that girl, you know, she's a beast when it comes to her strike. And then, like I said, you got Amanda Serrano signed as well, the Marant, uh Amanda Serrano has been showing the ability to submit and, you know, present a striking game, you know, in the world of MMA. She's not just a boxer. You know, she's she's coming in there, too. So I think, you know, those girls have to step up their game. Um, also, you had Marina Mahatnika. Mahatnikina. She got a first round armbar submission over Amber Lybrock. Amber Lybrock, she came in hot now with that with that big knockout over. Jindrova, but uh, Marina, she went on record to say that was a fluke win, and she said, I'm a much better fighter, I'm, I'm much more well-rounded, and she proved it. I mean, Amber Lybrock, you know, I like her stand-up game. She's, she's tough, but that takedown defense, you know, is something she needs to work on, and even like her striking defense sometimes, you know, um, she's got to start early with her jab. She's got to, you know, be able to utilize that long jab, because, you know, Pacheco, she ran through her, and now uh, Marina beat her in another fashion by getting her to the ground, just out-grappling her, and, you know, putting that strength on her and extending that arm, man. So, uh, Marina, I like what I'm seeing with her, man, because she has been growing. That's why um, I had to put her picture up here, too, as well, on the side, because I'm a growing fan of her. I mean, when I saw her in the Kayla Harrison fight, I was already, before that, I was already a fan. But her holding her own in that fight and showing how strong she was, and then the next few fights where she was just, like, developing her strikes, I, I was impressed. You know, I think that Marina... Mahatnika would be a nice addition to the UFC featherweight division if they if they had one. You know, if if her contract ever runs out here, I think if the UFC would make a, a featherweight division, she would be a great addition to it. You know, I like her well-rounded skills and I like how she's developing her stand-up game. You know, she's a Sambo champion, but you know her grappling's on point. You know, she's strong. Uh, her hands are looking better. So yeah, I think that. Um, you know, whenever she gets in there with Pacheco, it's going to be a good fight. You know, she just don't need to be in there banging with Pacheco. But, you know, if she can get it to the ground, it would be interesting, man. So, yeah, I'm a fan of, of Marina for sure. Outside of the UFC, that's one of the fighters I enjoy watching. Um, Pacheco. Pacheco versus Olena Kolesnik. I always call her Helena, but it's Olena Kolesnik. Third time. I would say third time's a charm, but the first time was in the second and now the third. I mean... Kolesnik, man, she's been fighting Pacheco every year since 2021, and she's been getting knocked out by her in the first round. I mean, they barely can get three rounds in. Like, they, they barely shared a round together. They, they fought three times, and they barely shared a round together, man. I mean, Pacheco just comes in here and destroys this girl every time, and this one was no different. This straight right hand that just – the first one that landed, man, on um, Kolesnik, put her against the cage, and she just, like, covered up like she wanted no more. It just makes me think, like, what does that power feel like? I mean, 
we've seen her in other fights where she'll take a shot or two, but what is it about this punch from Pacheco that's 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 so so deadly, man? I mean, like, got me got me thinking with the suspect chin, like, oh, like, what's this girl Pacheco on anything now? You know, I'm just saying, I'm not trying to spread anything, but I'm just saying, like, the, her reaction to the punch, I'm like, dang, man, she had like she was hit by a real cinder, like a real cinder block with hit, hit her in the face or something because she got touched on the chin. She literally just shielded up and folded. I'm like wow, I mean, this is the third time you've been in here with her, like, you really weren't used to that or you really couldn't make the adjustment, like, to take away her right hand, like, what is it? So, there's not much to be said, be said there. It's just that, wow, you know, like, you would think after a third time you would maybe try to strengthen up your ground game, not back up, don't give this girl room, but, hey, it's the third time, man, deja vu again for her, right? So, yeah, I just wanted to go through the PFL fights real quick, man, because, um, they do bring a, a level of entertainment sometimes. And, you know, um, the tournament, it gets a little repetitive sometimes when you have the fighters fighting three or four times each. But the more they sign new people, hopefully they, they get a little bit more um, diverse and entertaining. You know, we get some new faces in there. All right. But uh, let's let, let, let's jump over here now. Let's talk a little bit about Silver Girl number one. Silver Girl number one, Kareem Silva. This past weekend, she got some get back and she took out Marina Moreau, the first person to take out Marina Moreau. And I mean, she took her out, boy. I mean, she could have knocked her out if she wanted to or submitted her. I was I was impressed, man. She became the first woman. She became the first woman to win her first three fights in the UFC by first round stoppage. Okay. That that that's crazy, man. Like, I didn't even think about that. I mean, she's finished everybody throughout her whole career, but just let you know, you know, just in that fashion, lets you know that, Hey, she's really coming, man. Like this, this girl is, um, is, is really truly a beast. I mean, the first female to win first three fights in the UFC by first round stoppage. And in this fight, it was only one second remaining, only one second remaining in this round, which really makes it kind of, um, more so mentally crushing for Marina Moreau, you know what I mean? Because she didn't even know at that point, you know, she didn't even know, like she could have maybe rolled out the round for that last couple of seconds, but she had went on and tapped, man, because that's how tight that guillotine was. And that's how serious it is, man. Like how serious it is when it comes to Kareem Silva, man. But um, Kareem Silva, she had this to say, just kind of wanted to read through her post-fight interview. She said, I wouldn't even call it early in my career. You know, we've been working so hard for this to happen and the steps that we keep building in order to to just take them. We're going to continue to work and see where I can get. These are just steps and they've been going on. They've been going on for quite some time. Yeah. And I believe that, too, man. It's so like I said, um, she's been in the game. You know, people don't understand like she's been in the world of MMA for like over a decade. And, you know, she's been getting better. And since that loss, like, you can see the steps she's been taking, even with her her jujitsu and her striking. Like, this is the best her striking looks in a look throughout her whole career. And um, this is what a lot of us wanted to see her actually connect and do damage with her hands. And she did it against a boxer, you know. Um, she also said, this is something I want to sit about. Fighting again, she said, this is something I want to sit down with my coaches and managers and figure out. We're going to discuss when to fight again. Who knows? We may actually end up fighting in Sao Paulo. We might ask for that fight. If there is an opponent, obviously, we'll take that fight. Okay? So, yeah, going back to what I was saying, she, like she said, 
the steps that they've been taking, they have been definitely putting her in a better place um, throughout her career before the UFC. You know, she's been getting better on the ground, much more patient. She's always still keeping the same killer instinct, which is necessary. That's going to put a high threat level and it's going to put an intimidation factor in a lot of these fighters out here. You know, it's going to make a lot of these fighters intimidated because she's going to have the intimidation factor is what I'm saying. But um, also becoming well-rounded, you know, she's becoming well-rounded too, you know, because that was a big part, you know, seeing what her hands look like. And now that we've seen that, we've seen her drop Marina Moreau, you know, yeah, now people can say she's legit, right? We can definitely say she's legit. Okay. And, um, and also one thing, you know, I wanted to say, you know, is that what I liked about her in this fight is that she was willing to, um, you know, she was willing to keep it on the feet. You know, she was, she was willing to keep it standing. You know, she was willing to uh, find those open and, and set traps. It, it didn't have to be this wild match where she was just going to let go and try to get it to the ground and do it. She set it up beautifully. You know, everything was set up nicely in this fight where she, she struck with Marina Moreau. She hurt her, she dropped her. And, you know, she let Marina get into the clinch with her. She reversed her. She took her to the ground and just set it up nicely. You know, nice transition. You know, went around, got the neck and, and submitted her, you know. So all of this work was done in one round. Just lets you know how dangerous she is. You know, she's going through the motions of everything that's needed to take an opponent apart. And I like that, you know, definitely, um, definitely a fighter that, earned this spot in the top 15 you know she definitely earned this spot um but like she was saying about coming back this year she said she'd like to return one more time shoot i would like that i mean sao paulo card is in like two months right it's in november she said she would like to come back you know if there is an opponent with silver now ranked 15 it's definitely time to fight up you know it's definitely time for her to fight up because she's already shown it now by stopping three unranked fighters and um the last one was a good one at that, you know, so fighting up now, it's time to prove how good she really is. You know, she's already looking like a killer, but let's see how dangerous she really is by stepping it up. She said she might do the Sao Paulo card in November, but let's see, because um, looking at the rankings, only Chikagin and Murphy, they're the only fighters that are open right now, but I don't think they really, I don't know if they want that fight right now. That's a dangerous fight. Uh, you know, Chikagin, She's kind of been out of out of the mix for a while, just taking a break. Lauren Murphy, I don't know what type of shape she's in as far as fighting, if she has been training for anything. Um, everybody else has been taken and they're injured. Because, you know, Ebos is actually fighting Luana Pinera in November. She's moving back down to 115. So Ebos is not going to be free. And then if you look at the rankings, Andrade don't even need to be in the rankings anymore. Casey O'Neill is injured. Maya and Aru are already taken. So... Who's left? There's Barber, but she's not going to fight down after fighting, after going on a five fight win streak. Yeah, Barber's definitely not going to fight down at this point. You know, she's going to try to fight up and she's definitely got to, she makes a good argument for that. So, uh, Kareem Silva's kind of, she might kind of be in a position where she'll just have to wait for the next, next opponent, which might not be till 2024, but that's fine. You know, I give her time to work. Um, unless she'd want to fight down one more time, fight another unranked fighter in brazil you know fight another unranked fighter just to stay busy but with the ranking of 15 
I think I would wait. You know, I think at that point I would just wait and try to, you know, hold out for a better fighter. You know, if they can get Lauren Murphy, that would be good because, you know, Lauren's in that top 10. You know, that would that would be a, a, a good fight for her because everybody else is taken at this point. She could wait for the winner or loser of Aruho Maya or uh, wait for Casey O'Neill to heal up or see if Barbara wants it. We'll see. All right. But yeah, other than that, man, I like the energy from um, from Kareem Silva. You know, I like how she's keeping it moving and, you know, they're taking the necessary steps to get better. You know, these girls are getting more and more well-rounded. And I like the fact that she's touching, touching girls with these hands. Now, you know, I get, I get so annoyed when girls don't like, like to fully commit to those punches. And when she fully commits, you see the power too. So, you know, she's strong. She has power, great submission game. 100% finishing rate, so that tells you she can knock you out or submit you. So these girls at the top, they better watch out. Kareem Silva's coming. This girl is 100% dangerous for anybody. I don't see anybody with this kind of threat level um, at the top right now. You know, Barbara is probably the only other one I feel like. Well, you know, at, at the very top there is, of course. You know, I think Aaron, Tyler, Manone, they are some of the girls that are the most dangerous. That's why they're there. You know, but I think Kareem Silva is more more so dangerous than these girls in the middle. Like the girls I'm saying need to watch out are like Caitlin Chikig and Lauren Murphy and so on. You know, they got to be careful about this one. Um, who else? Uh, yeah, Macy. Macy, of course, she's a dangerous fighter, too, because, you know, she has been improving. So uh, I, I would still consider her, you know, like a fighter that, yeah, other girls need to watch out for, too. But, you know, Kareem's just bringing this different different level of energy, man. Like, she's coming up in here like the next next coming of Amanda Nunes with this well-rounded game. But we'll see, man. We'll see. Just need to see her in a high-ranked fight. Hopefully she can get something in November. It's always good to see entertaining fighters like that. But if she can't, hey, 2024 is not too far away. All right? All right, so uh, moving on to Silver Girl, Silver Girl number two, Silver Girl number two, Natalia Silva. This is another fighter that's bringing a different level to this flyweights. She she doesn't necessarily bring the same type of killer instinct or the same type of presence like Kareem Silva, but Natalia Silva is bringing some interesting unorthodox type of style to the division which a lot of these fighters haven't seen this this as well you know she's a rising force with tools that a lot of these girls haven't seen before you know this type of speed and this type of commitment to her punches you know she's just kind of off the wall with it you know and and then, and then she surprises you with takedown defense and also a submission game too you know if it comes to that we just haven't seen that in the ufc as much but she has that that going for her as well um this past saturday she showed a technical side that was needed to get a victory but like i said we still need to see her in there with someone who can kind of close the distance and take take the grappling to her if they can you know we still need to see that level in there so this was a good step in that direction because i thought silver i thought lee was going to be that type of fighter but we've seen like somebody that does have grappling but doesn't have the iq to set it up they'll get shut down by her, you know so andrea lee never seeing this type of speed before she didn't know how to approach it you know so maybe that might happen in the future if she fights another grappler like 
somebody that's going to try to take her down, Jennifer Mine. You know, Jennifer Mine, Tyler Santos at some point in their career, like, can she close distance and take her down? Or is she too squirmy and too quick, too herky-jerky for them? You know, can the speed baffle them like it did Andrea Lee? Is it because it's that new that, like, Andrea Lee couldn't get a takedown? Well, yes and no, but big part of it for Andrea Lee is that she just doesn't really let it go like that to me. Like, Andrea Lee, she'll, she'll, give, a, she'll give a good performance for one round, but then she won't fully commit. You know, she just won't fully commit and she doesn't really set anything up to get fights to the ground for the most part. So, you know, I think that's where she just kind of failed. But I think that there will be other girls that will push Natalia Silva and get in there and um, give her that tough fight. But again, I think she has that athleticism and that speed that's going to be a problem. I do. I think it's going to be a problem for a lot of these girls that's going to come up, man. Um, Andrea Lee just couldn't couldn't catch up. You know, she just couldn't catch up in this fight. I wanted to see Natalia Silva go in there and finish her, man. Like, that would have been crazy because that would have been two big wins that night that people would have been like, oh, Silva's gone crazy, man. This Silva girl's gone crazy. 30-27 is good, too. But, you know, I just thought there were moments when Natalia Silva kind of sat back. I don't know if she lost focus where she just felt like, okay, I just got to take this round, take this round. Or maybe Andrew Lee's going to try to take me down or maybe Andrew Lee's going to set something up and hit me. Maybe there was that type of cautiousness in her where she just had to sit back for a minute and just pick her shots. Because the first round, she started a hard. I mean, she landed a good right hand, and she was landing those one-twos and head kicks. I thought she was going to go after. You know, I thought she was really going to go after and get her out of there. But who knows, man? Maybe she just wanted to save it for the next one. She just wanted to go ahead and, you know, secure a, secure a, you know, a top 15 ranking. But, yeah, man, um, overall good fight. You know, I think Natalia Silva is going to be a problem. Um, same deal for her. Both Silvers, they can fight. Uh, well, both Silvers can only fight whoever's free right now, which is Chikagan and Murphy. I don't know if they want to split them up. <laughs> Again, I don't know if Macy Barber wants to fight either one of these girls. They're low risk. They're they're high risk, low reward types. So maybe Silvers, the Silvers will come back in 2024. That might be best. But whatever they do, do not make. Natalia and Kareem fight each other now. That's a bad, bad idea. These girls are trying to weed out the older girls. And they're trying to make their way to the top. There is no need to make them fight now. All right. Like Tyler and Aaron, that's cool to fight now because they're both at the top. This is a title eliminator. Whenever Kareem and Natalia get to that point, let them fight them. But do not make that mistake like they did with like Macy Barber and Miranda Maverick. Like Macy Barber and Miranda Maverick. I would rather see them fight if they got to the top. Like Miranda actually got up there. Yeah, make a, make a fight somewhere when they get to the top. But don't make that mistake with Karina and Natalia. They only need to cross paths here. They just need to keep cleaning out these other girls and keep making a name for themselves. And then eventually they could fight title eliminator or title shot, whoever gets it first, in like Brazil or something like that. And it's Sao Paulo, right? So, yeah, um, other than that, they could fight the winners or losers of Aruho Maya. You know, it's a lot of Brazilians in this division that I think about. Dang. But yeah, I don't think they should fight each other. Not right now. Not at all. All right. But yeah, Silver Girls is banging, man. They're coming through. And jumping to the main event, really just covering um, 
the champion here. But uh, Zhang Wei Li, Zhang Wei Li, man, hats off to this girl. Hats off to this girl. This is the first time I picked against Zhang Wei Li, too, man. Like, I won't even call it like a full on pick where I put money in and was just 100% on it. I just, I like both fighters. So, you know, I was torn and I said, all right, I put my finger on, boom, Lamos. Okay. And I rock with Lamos like that, too. And I had to be one that had to just ride with her because I was one that said that she would get a title shot soon. You know, I thought she had the skills enough to beat fighters to get to a title shot. And she did that, you know. So I said, you know, I'm all, I got to rock with her. got to rock with her here. You know, we already know what Whaley's made of. I already know what she's capable of. So if she wins, it's not like a shocker to me. And it's not going to hurt me because, like I said, there's no – I, I don't have a horse in this race. You know, I really don't. It's just a good fight going down the line. Same with, like, Amanda Lemos and Marina Rodriguez fought. I was torn. I was torn. But I put my finger on it and said, experience, I'll go with Marina. And we saw how that went, right? It doesn't hurt, man. It's just a, just a situation like that where it, it always comes down to it. If you like certain fighters or, you know, you rock with certain fighters that you know have that it factor, eventually they're going to fight each other, right? Same with this weekend. Tyler and Aaron are fighting each other. You know, I feel like both of them are going to get to this point. So you knew they were going to fight. Kareem and Natalia, they were going to fight one day. You know, that's how it is. So the, uh, Amanda Lemos getting her shot, you know, it was earned. But I just don't think that they were um, fully prepared, man. They just weren't fully prepared for what Wei Li was developing into. You know what I mean? And that's what's dangerous about Wei Li. Uh, you know, Zhang Wei Li is just next level for this division. You know, um, each time that Zhang Wei Li comes into the octagon, it's a new Wei Li. You can't really prepare for it. And that's the dangerous part. Like with certain fighters, you know, you 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 can't prepare. You can't just come in with a game plan, prepare for a, a particular style against fighters that make adjustments and they adapt. You know, I know some people are saying, oh, whenever Wei Li says, She's like water and, you know, she does try to be the best fighter. That's a modest way of saying to be the better fighter. You know, that's just a modest way of saying that because to flow like water, you have to be a better fighter than you were the last time. You have to focus on being a better fighter. You know, it's not just about capitalizing on mistakes because if Wei Lee was the fighter she was back in 2018, she might have got knocked out in this fight because her wrestling probably wouldn't have been on the same level that it was in 2018, right? So, you know, Wei Lee, with what she's learning, is making her a better fighter. That's what people said she needs to do, too, right? What she says and what she's actually doing are two different things. You know, it's just a modest way, like I said, of saying she's a better fighter. or She's trying to be a better fighter. Being like water is her way of saying I'm a better fighter than I used to be. Or I'm going to keep stepping it up, right? That's why she linked up with Henry Cejudo, right? That's why she linked up, you know, on how to be a better wrestler. You know, this key word, better, you know? So Amanda Lamos, you know, they could have possibly just trained for certain things. But when you're when you're training for certain things that you've seen in the past with a fighter, which, you know, I'm guilty of too watching tapes and sometimes. But so with some fighters that you really can't pinpoint a particular style on them, um, you just have to work on your skill sets and you have to work on you just being a better fighter, period. You know, being prepared for everything that's to come, you know. Uh, for Amanda Lamos, she just had to be the best Amanda Lamos that she could be. That's the same thing Terrence Crawford did to Errol Spence. You know, he just had to be the best Terrence Crawford he could be. 
he didn't necessarily prepare, you know, for one particular type of fight. You know, he just prepared to be the better fighter that night. And that's what he did. So that's what Wei Lee does. Like, like I said, I didn't really know what Wei Lee would show up because Wei Lee's looked different in her last four fights. You know, each time she's always looked different. So um, with her coming into this one, she was going to look different. So with Lamos, it's not about training for what she was like last time. It's about making sure that you're the best Lamos, the one that can make it adjustments, the one that you can flow like water and you can catch her and you can um, avoid her takedowns, right? But nobody can really prepare for that because, again, Wei Lee's just next level. I think she's next level for this, 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 this division right now. You know, I think a lot of the girls are getting – um that bug now that they're getting that memo that we have to be around it but i just think that whaley's got one up over most of these girls you know yon john on she knows it's time to it's time to level up time to be well around it but then you got a fighter like whaley that's just already on it you know and just so much more quicker and hungry and you know she's just soaking it in you know so she's just on her game um and, and the thing about Wei Li is the skills, you know, the skills, <clears throat> they're, they're, they're truly mixed martial artist skills. You know, again, I can't go back and just say she does one thing all the time or she does just one thing well. She's incorporated everything, like even how she boxes and how she approaches. You know, if you like watch like a Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee flick, you know, I know it's all coordinated, but. Even those fight scenes have to be coordinated, you know, from somebody who knows martial arts. And when you watch Bruce Lee, you know, how he moves, he's got a little bit from karate, some things from kung fu. Um, definitely got a lot of things from boxing as well. You know, how he moves like Muhammad Ali on, on his feet. You know, so if you watch Wei Lee, you'll see her throw like some good sonda kicks, you know. She'll throw some good side kicks to the body. She'll throw a couple karate kicks, you know, stabbing kicks to the body then boom, she catches you with the right hand like a boxer, you know? So she's kind of flowing with it. You know, she's flowing with different styles, you know, and that's what makes you more of a dangerous fighter. Like, it's nice to have a signature style. It's fun to watch when a fighter is particularly a striker or whatever. But when you can't really pinpoint it, that makes it hard to say, man, like, what is this person going to bring to the table? You know, what is this person going to bring to the table next? You know, if you look at Valentina, you know, her stance, she's more Muay Thai sometimes in there, right? She does other things, but you can just look and see what she's comfortable doing. But now you got Wei Li in here striking, striking, and then she's taking you down and she's mauling you and she's beating the crap out of you on the ground with strikes. You know, then she'll wrestle you. Then she'll try to submit you. So it's like a flowing style, you know? So if she's truly trying to be like water, I hope she sticks with that. I really do hope she sticks with that style because that's what true mixed martial arts is, you know, just flowing to whatever the situation calls for, you know, incorporating it. You know, it's not all just jujitsu. It's not all just grappling. If this situation calls for me to pin you down with my wrestling, but my left hand is free, I'm going to start punching you with the left hand. You know what I mean? If if I if I can um get to your back in this position then boom, you know, I can get the reverse crucifix on, you know, so however she's doing it however her mind is working whoever her trainers are right now you know i think they're doing a good job of guiding her and pushing her to that next level each time but yeah her skills do do transition truly to like a good mixed martial artist you know and that's no knock the other fighters i mean everybody is but with what she's doing right now from each fight it looks good it looks good i like what i'm seeing um but with that being said you know it still still needs to be seen on what she what else she, 
what else can be done in the division. You know, she won the belt. She defended it once. But, you know, to truly see that um, that that flow and style that she's having, you know, we, we just need to see it more and more in each fight. But she's just looking like that type right now because nobody's really touching her. You know, nobody's really been able to show this type of uh, growth, you know. Um, another question, you know, I know some people ask, um, does does uh, does any of the other strawweights hold the chance in this division against this type of Whaley? Um, does nobody in the division hold the chance? Um, I think it all depends, man. I think it all depends on someone trying to find that find that little you know chink in her armor. You know, if they can find that little if they can find that weakness, and they can go in there and offset something that night it all depends you know but they also they all have to have a well-rounded style to fight Whaley to me you know that's how Rose took that approach you know I think really aside from her I don't really think anybody else really shows that type of force that can agitate her or offset her at this point even striking wise like when Joanna did it in the first fight um it was a it was a hard-fought battle you know even then she's still came out with some big lumps. You know, Joanna did. Um, I think Yonjana has the footwork in the boxing, but for how long? You know, um, of course, Carla, we already seen that. Lamos is out now. You know, Marina Rodriguez got to fight her way back up, too. You know, she's fighting down at the moment against Michelle Waterson. Uh, Rose is gone. You know, she's already done it. So I don't really see anybody right now that really holds that chance against Whaley, except Tatiana Suarez. And I, I was holding back on saying her because I just think, you know, Tatiana Suarez would have been better off fighting maybe one more fight first, you know, but now it's kind of between Jan Janan and Tatiana Suarez. But if anybody holds a chance, I think it's Tatiana. But, you know, there has to be a next level growth in her too. I mean, She's one of the most powerful fighters that we've ever seen at strawweight physically. You know, she can ragdoll a lot of girls um, and she can handle a lot of the girls. But um, this next level of strawweights is what we haven't really seen her against. You know, Andrade wasn't really next level, you know, already. You know, she was kind of shot. Um, still dangerous, but already a shot. We still haven't had, we didn't get a chance to see her against like a Verna Genderoba. Like, could she do that to Verna Genderoba, you know, without being put in a submission? A hole or something like that, breaking out of a submission hole, right? We didn't see that. Um, we didn't. We we're not going to get to see her against Mackenzie Dern. Why? Because they're putting Mackenzie Dern in there with Andrade, and that, that's crazy. They're about to give Andrade her fourth loss in a row here, maybe. You know, so I think that's just kind of sucks that we won't get to see Dern versus Suarez, and I think that would be the better fight because that would be the one to test Suarez's striking defense. Um, her submission defense, how strong she is against this big girl in Mackenzie Dern. Can she take away her power? Can she outstrike her on the feet? Can she outwrestle her? That would answer a lot of questions. Maybe still, it, it's better. It would have been better than Dern fighting Andrade, or even it, it'll show more than the win over Andrade for Suarez. And that, that's what I'm saying. You know, so to me, that that fight should have happened at the end of 2023, and then maybe the title fight. Whaley Suarez in 2024 if Whaley doesn't want to fight um, Jan Janan, right? So they just kind of 
mixed it up here now. So Suarez is kind of left. Uh, I won't say she's, she's left without an opponent because they could they could give her the title shot, or they could uh, mess up Jan Janan's chances and give Jan Janan Suarez. So it's kind of messed up now without throwing Dern in that mix and throwing Andrade in that mix again. So we'll see, man. Um, right now, I just think that. Most fighters really don't hold a chance. I think that Suarez would probably be the one that would show the most. She just has to have that next level of skill ready to go for somebody that's catching up with her in wrestling. But also, it's very, very strong, you know, very, very strong and can hit hard, you know. So we already know that lateral movement, that in and out style, that's going to be a problem for um, Suarez. Look, right with Suarez, but got to be real. I got to say, hey, look. Not saying Whaley can beat her now. I'm just saying that she's got to be prepared for this fight so she doesn't get beat. You know, that's just real talk. Just saying, hey, she's got to be ready to get in there for for this type of um for this type of fighter. And she knows, she knows that. So yeah, um nobody really holds a chance aside from Suarez and even Jan Jana, maybe with the footwork and the boxing. So with that being said, does Todd does uh Jean Whaley have a chance at going on a possible title run here, you know, a good title run. Well, let's see, man. She she beat the one that we thought was going to be scary. And Amanda Lamos, right? That's the first title defense. Um, let me see. Title defense. Title defense. First title defense is Amanda Lamos. If she fights Jan Jana next, that would be second. If she could take on Suarez, that could be three, right? So those three fights right there. And I, I, I don't know if she would stay around to fight anybody else, though, at that point, because she does show interest in 125. If she could lock in those three fights, which she already locked in one, she could lock in two more fights. I could see her going as high as a three title defense run and not because of her losing the belt again, but more so because the, the pimp because of slim pickings, you know, the pickings will be slim for, her, you know, and she'll see bigger action at 125, maybe chasing Rose down or taking on Grasso Shevchenko winner or something like that. Right. That, that might get thrown at her, you know, that, that, that might be an option too, especially with the way Gra Grasso handled Shevchenko. Now, Whaley probably like, Oh, I can do that too. I might do it better. You know, I want to fight Grasso. So 125 is always an option now too for, but, um, Going on like a Joanna type title run, it would it would probably be more by choice on why she wouldn't get five or more title defenses. Because I don't even think Whaley would want to stick around that long to just fight anybody. I think she would want a big challenge. She wouldn't want to just stack up five or six title defenses just against lower level fights. It would have to make sense for her at this point to me and her team. I think her team would feel that way. So I don't know. What do y'all think in the comment section? Would she go on a five or six, six title run if she had the chance, you know, or would she just fight three more and say, I'm ready for 125? Because really, it's Jan Janan. It's okay. She beat Lamos. It's Jan Janan and Suarez, right? Uh, Carla's already, you know, she's out the mix right now. Rose is out the mix. Um, Verna Genderobe is injured. You know, everybody else is fighting down. Marina's fighting down. Amanda Ebos is fighting down. Tisha Torres is out. Um, Marina Rodriguez. Yeah, I said Marina. So, really, it's just those three fights right now. Andrade is fighting down. Dern's fight. It's all mixed. It's it's all mixed up right now. Everybody's fighting down right now. So, everybody's fighting down or they're out. 
So right now, the highest Zhang Wei Li can go as far as the title run is just those three fights. Lamos, Yan Jana, and Suarez. You know, so that's probably what she'll do, maybe. Maybe fight one more and then go to 125. But it, it sucks, though, because I would love to see her defend her title like five or six times and maybe break Joanna's record if she could. But I don't know if she's really out to do that at this point. Maybe she just wants to be champ champ. Who knows? But it's not really her doing, you know. So, yeah. I know a little while back when she first won the belt, it was looking much better. It, it was just, just like a few months back, right? Like when she first won the belt, there was an option of possibly fighting Andrade again before Andrade went on the street of losing. Could have fought Andrade. Then there was Lamos. Um, I think Marina was, yeah, well, there's Jan Janan still. And then Rose was still down there. Rose wasn't moving up yet. So that could have been like Lamos, Jan Janan, Suarez, Rose, and even Andrade. She could have got like, well, yeah, could have got like four or five title defenses out of that back then, but you know, not anymore. So we'll see though, man. Um, either way, if she can get at least two or three against some dangerous fighters like that, she'll definitely go down as a pound for pound and she could go up to 125 next, right? So yeah. Good on Wei Lee for flowing like water and getting better and drowning her opponent this past Saturday. Still still got love for Lamos though. I see I, I want to see her come back. I don't know, man, the way she was moving in there at 36, maybe 125 might be a move for her. But I don't know. I really don't, man, because she really was getting out grappled and wrestled in there, you know, and that was something they were working on. But she just could not handle it. That and, you know, not throwing any jabs either. So there's got to be some work being done back in the drawing board, man. Get another boxing coach that's going to teach her to throw, you know, more of a more of a rhythmic pattern with her shots set up those knockout punches right so yeah so yeah man um that's pretty much all i got on this and guys like i said uh, i just wanted to speak on some of the fights that happened this past weekend and um i'm gonna try to come back through because there's some other stuff i wanted to discuss too going back to to the contender series and yeah um yeah that, that'll, that'll be pretty much it with this one but yeah just so y'all guys know saturday for me 5 a.m eastern time i'm trying to trying to decide man because i am a night person i'm usually up at that time i might be going to bed at five but if i have to stay up from five on it's going to be up into the morning so i'll probably catch the prelim prelims this weekend on a replay you know all we have on the prelims is jj aldridge and leong nah you know that's a flyweight fight um that doesn't really interest me like that i mean i like jj aldridge but it's not really like a big one because leon nas like a straw weight i got i got jj aldridge in that one so i'll get back up and we can watch it together later i'll cover it later but um i will get some coffee and get my behind up and try to call the tyler aaron fight at uh Eight o'clock, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The main car starts at 8, 8 a.m. So, yeah, about three hours in. So, yeah, I'll definitely be up to catch that one. And, you know, we can watch the rest of the car maybe. But, yeah, I'll I'll do my um, Keys to Victory video on this one sometime today. Um, I don't think I'll pick in this one since it's like a girl's part of my triple debt and they both came up 
in the same category. I, I don't know if I'll, I'll do a full-on pick, but I, I'll give you all some keys to victory and what they need to do, but I won't predict in this one here because I like them both, and I rock with both of them. So I'm out of this one on that one, all right, y'all? But, yeah, man, that's all I got on this one, y'all. Um, like I said, I'll be back again this weekend because there's other stuff to talk about, a lot of other fights that's just been scheduled. I'm just throwing names out right now. Angela Hill versus Denise Gomes. Oh, boy, rematch between Michelle Waterson and Marina Rodriguez. I'll give you my thoughts on that one. Uh, Andrade and Dern. Oh, man. Uh, Yasmin Lucindo back against Elise, uh, Elise Reed. That, that girl's going to be a beast, too, man. I'm going to have to have a triple threat for Strawweight here in a, in, a, in a little bit, man. But, yeah, guys, uh, let me know in the comment section, is there anything that y'all want me to discuss later this weekend or this week coming? I'll catch y'all on the next one, guys. But I got to sit back this weekend and update the website, too, with the shows, you know, so you can listen to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play again. Um, I haven't been updating there. I've just been putting the show on YouTube, but I got to update this website of mine and um, have all the uh, have all the, the, the streams up there. So you can just pull them up on iTunes, pod, you know, Apple, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts at. You can just type in the show name and listen to it there if you don't want to pull up YouTube. You know, so, yeah. Um, also, this cash app up here is dead now. I got to tell people that, too. This cash app is dead just so you don't send nothing there. This cash app is dead. I'm going to come up with a new one. Um, I just need to get a new one anyway. You know, I just had to close that one out. But, uh, yeah, shut that thing down. Don't mess with that cash app or send anything to it. Maybe I'll yeah, I'll take it off later on this week, though, when I do another show. But, yeah, make sure you all subscribe, guys. Always appreciate y'all. Still growing, a little over three thousand now. Let's go ahead and get to four thousand. You know, if you enjoy hearing me talk WMMA and promote women's mixed martial arts, I'll always be here talking about it. And it's good to know that some of y'all learn about these fighters from me. You know, or for the most part, right? So yeah, I'll catch y'all in the next one. Catch y'all later, guys. Combo Breaker ninety nine. I'm out. Subscribe. Peace.